Good morning, Don. How are you doing? Good morning, Alex. How does it feel to be a father of two sons for two weeks now? Yeah. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still a really good baby, though. He, you know, barely cries at night. And it's those Zimmerman jeans. Right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I tell her. Yep. She's very lucky to have those Zimmerman mm-hmm. jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, first question. We heard you're kind of a handyman from time to time. Is that what kind of stuff do you do? Uh, jack of all trades, master of absolutely none. Mm. But uh, I do all sorts of things. Right now, I'm laying concrete block. And this yesterday, I put a faucet in and uh, spackling and drywall and and downspouts and yeah. Okay. I was just noticing that the bathroom up here in the church needs a new faucet. Does it? Yeah. Maybe uh, we could tackle that sometime. Likely. Okay. Yeah. Um, delta. Needs to be a delta faucet. You sure? I usually go with the Moens. Sorry. Okay. Um, first question is about birth control. What does the Bible say about it? It's not really. <laughs> it's a, really a subject of the Bible. Yeah. The Bible would go more, uh, you know, be fruitful and multiply, you know, yep. that starts right out in Genesis. Be fruitful and multiply. So it really isn't in the Bible, and it really wasn't a concern because in those in that period, you had as many children as possible sure. because the attrition, the, the death rate the, was much higher than it is now. And, in fact, you go back uh, 80, 90 years, and you had bigger families because you knew likely a third of them wouldn't mature into adulthood. So it's really only the last three generations, maybe, that have had to wrestle with with birth control. And uh, there's not, there's, yeah, there's not a good way to like find in God's word what is actually telling us. You know, it's like, well, what about this kind of birth? Because it's not really the same kind of birth control as this, maybe that's okay. But, yeah, like you said, it's not really addressed in there, is it's it? It's not really addressed in there. One <laughs> of the things that is important is the life stream. In other words, God is the creator and sustainer of life. And we know that the DNA that is even in our profile, you and I even share DNA. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, we're brothers in Christ, but we also share DNA. Yeah. That, that DNA that is in us from the very beginning is part of God's creation. So the breaking of that is like breaking a holy stream of life that, that God had meant to move on. How do we then honor a creative God in how we manage our lives? And birth control would be basically managing life. Mm-hmm. I'd first of all counsel couples to pray about it between the two of them and and uh, work out what kind of thing works for them. Honors their relationship, their covenant to each other, uh, builds their relationship, doesn't get in its way. The second piece is I nudge individuals to honor their sexuality. In other words, the sex before marriage thing has really become rampant. Honor your sexuality. God gave it for you to share with that one person. 
that he's going to entrust a covenant, a relationship between you and them. And uh, so honor the fact that that's a sacred, it's a sacred union, union of a man to a woman. And he meant for it for life. And so uh, this, this uh, playing around that seems to happen quite a bit isn't part of God's plan. Yeah, it seems a lot of, a lot of people who call themselves Christians have gotten a little bit soft on that just because it's, you know, it's, it's, well, it's difficult to do for one. Um, I remember there's a whole big abstinence, you know, teach the kid abstinence in high school and stuff like that. Um, and then they found out through a good amount of studies that if you want to actually prevent um, teen pregnancy, teaching safe sex was much better. But I'd also like to see if, you know, how, how are the parents, you know, talking to their kids about it in a different way? True. You know? But, you know, if, you, if, if there wasn't as much sex before marriage, there wouldn't be that much need for birth control. Well, that's true. So part of it is, are we teaching the reason that we would abstain from sex from anyone other than our spouse? Mm -hmm. I mean, are we teaching the, the holiness of our life and the holiness of sexuality within a covenanted relationship. I don't know it's being taught anyplace else other than the church, and with the church teaching so many other things, that's probably lost in the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times they don't understand that how special it is to save yourself from marriage opposed to not doing that. Right. You know, it's that you know future fulfillment of, you know, your desires that uh, you don't quite understand it. And it's probably one of the hardest things for for us to really develop and appreciate and use that, you know, like saving your money for retirement. It's the same. Right. Same kind of thing. You know, 17 year old with rushing hormones, you know, it just is hard to curb the tide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next question. We actually talked about this a little bit like after our last week's episode. Um, as far as what God is telling you to do. And I was kind of curious, how do you know when God is leading you somewhere? Hmm. That, that's a neat, holy process. You know, I, I had a meeting at church here this last week and uh, left and uh, was headed back to Kelowna and had the music, worship music on in the car. And all of a sudden I felt just a, a bathing of the Holy Spirit and it said you need to go to that meeting tomorrow morning and I sort of said so what meeting <laughs> so then I remembered there there's a group of men getting together in Kelowna on the third Wednesday of the month so I called the guy so I had the arrangements correct and he said yeah need to be there a little after five o'clock and I thought oh my goodness I have to get up early and, and uh, what happened was that led me to a gathering where Terry Banks, the wrestling coach at the University of Iowa, was addressing this group of men. Brands? Brands, yeah. Terry Brands, yeah. Thank you. I don't know the guy personally, but I, he did I a good wrestled. job. And yeah, it was, yeah it was I, just, a, I know. It's a, it was a really neat bunch of guys in a mm -hmm. neat time together. It was, it was spirit-inspired. So part of it is living in such a way that we're in worship of God, 
and allowing an openness for a spirit to move. Because that meeting wasn't really on my calendar. I mean, it wasn't in my head that I needed to be there. But the spirit said I needed to be there. Living that intentionally into every decision, whether it's do I turn here, like I was coming to, to the church this morning and the spirit said, stop, turn around, stop here. It's, it's living in such a way that the Holy Spirit has the freedom to interrupt this. But how do you know that it's the Holy Spirit? I got a lot of dumb things that pop into my head That's saying right. do that. And I know that when I was younger, I had much more of those that got me into trouble. But as I've grown older, I st I, I start, I'm starting to decipher the difference and how God is pushing me towards certain things. But for someone who's never really experienced that, it's it's hard to decipher what is your own worldly body telling you something opposed to, or or in other outside influences even, you know. But you hit it. You hit it because yeah. so many times when the Holy Spirit nudges, it will be contrary to our human spirit. It will be contrary to our uh, motivation, our personal intention. It'll be something. It'll be awkward. It'll take time out of what we thought was our schedule. It will be a, uh, a diversion from what we would want to do. We pray the prayer so often, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So when the Holy Spirit's nudging, it will be in contrast to our will being done. And we'll notice it. That's a good answer. Um, Favorite sport? What is it? Well, I really don't. I'm not really. A, well, I'm not an athlete. Okay. Number one, don't ever ask me to play ball because you will be the losing side whether you have the best athletes or not. I just klutz. I am a classic klutz. Uh, not coordinated in any way, shape, or form. I enjoy watching basketball, uh, especially if my kids are doing it or my grandkids. Um, that's probably... But I w don't, yeah, sports ain't Well, thing. the correct answer was football and also accepted was wrestling. I just uh, made that up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wrestling isn't bad. Okay. Uh, sweaty guys, though. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, that's every critique about it. It's the most manly sport there is. Um, <laughs> I wrestle this morning when I say that. Um, oops. Do you have a dog? Yes. Do dogs go to heaven? Well, I'm not sure this one will, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't see anything in Scripture that says the canines will end up in heaven. Okay. But God's a loving God of creation. I don't think they have to worry about this future. Mm -hmm. The second part is that I'm not sure they have a soul like we have. Sure. And so without a soul... Cats don't have a soul, that's for sure. You might get some feedback on that one. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's quite the same. Okay. Especially as the heaven that God has designed for us. That makes sense. Um, this next question is about prophecy, um, specifically like in Ezekiel 38, um, Does where it's... What are those towns called? Gog and Magog. Oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Show up okay. again in Revelation. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. 
there's a lot of prophecy stuff in the Bible. And I know there's a lot of like doomsday Christianity things that have happened where someone is like, it's going to be tomorrow, you know, let's be prepared. Um, and they were using the the Bible to decipher that stuff. I'm sure they jumped over, you know, started trying to find some code in the Bible or something like that. But how are we to look? I mean, can we look at stuff in the Bible and say, yeah, this is this is what needs to happen? Like, is it a plan for us to do or is it a... Well, I think that's why the revelation has been given to us because it does indicate that there are certain things that will be in place before Christ comes again. There are certain things that will be in place before the last the Armageddon. Uh, but I can pretty well say down pat that anybody who gives you a date, don't listen to them. And I say that main, mainly because in Matthew 24, Jesus Christ himself said that he didn't know the day nor the hour. And I think he probably would have had the earliest brief. Probably. You know, he's God. So in the midst of that, prophecy sets the stage for us to understand how God is going to work in the future. But God's not going to give us the details because, first of all, it gave us free will. We could really mess things up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he won't let that happen. Okay. He, he loves us as Christians, and he's prepared a future for us He's also given us all prophecy for us to sort of know what's going to happen. And from that, from knowing at least those details, we can gain the comfort of knowing he's got this. So you think like, I mean, a lot of the stuff in Revelation talks, you know, all of the imagery that is associated with it and kind of what it depicts. I mean, could that be the result from global warming? I mean, I certainly couldn't, you know, see scorpions coming from the sky to tear a pretty pill apart but you know or they could be created just for that right i mean is it something you know like can we destroy ourselves i mean is that something that or is it going to be only god that allows that to happen like will our end only come one way there's no way around it all things are in god's hands yeah and I think we will be amazed at what he will do. I think I'm going to leave that open to his interpretation. Okay. Because, yes, you could see some of those anomalies in those creatures coming from some of the things we're doing into our environment, I suppose. But I would not limit God to that. I think he's got a much bigger plan. Like we wouldn't wait until we saw the or heard the seventh trumpet. I would counsel us not to wait to the seventh trumpet. Yeah. I mean, say, take care of things early. Okay. Yeah. Um, baptism, dunk or splash? Well, uh, splash, I'm not sure what the splash would be. Just Well, you know, when you baptize someone. Okay. I, I use two modes. It's pouring okay. or immersion. Okay. And the pouring would be pouring out of water, and I use lots of water. I use yeah, a big handful. To replicate the image of the Holy Spirit being poured out on an individual. Uh, 
the the dunking is more of the Romans chapter six where we're immersed. We're dead in Christ, buried, and then risen. And water makes it really easy to bury somebody fast. And, sure. Yeah. So it is more of a resurrection kind of theme. Uh, which do I prefer? Um, I, I guess I don't have a preference. It's I get a lot wetter when we do the immersion. Mm-hmm. And I do not look good in shorts. So, hey, uh, it, it, it's more work. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think is probably most important is what does it mean to the person being baptized? Because baptism, like the call, is one of those places where we, we set it down in our minds as a date. This is when I was baptized. This is when this happened. And in the times of trouble and tribulation, it becomes our Ebenezer. We've come this far by faith. I've come this far. This is one of those mile markers in my, my personal journey with the Lord. I like that. Um, circumcision. Do we need to be doing that? I just had a son, so that's kind of... Uh, yeah, I was thinking that was high on your agenda. Well, uh, let, let's... Uh, first of all, if we do circumcision, let's keep it in the hospital. I'm not sure in front of the church on Sunday morning would be one of the places we do that. And at Jesus' time, that was part of what was going on in the synagogues and the temples. So let's keep circumcision uh, in the hospital as far as I'm concerned. Um, In the Old Testament, it was a mark that you were part of God's people as a male. And uh, it was such a part that in the times of the Greeks in Jesus' time, Jews would actually have it undone, which doesn't sound a bit fun either. Because, so I mean, when they were wrestling, wrestling was one of the sports that if you were a Jew in wrestling, you, you were naked. You didn't wear. You were exposed. Well, you didn't want showing up. He's a Jew, see? Right. Yeah. You and I sat here. And if we're circumcised, neither one of us knows it. Yeah, right? gonna, that's what I was going to say. I was like, How but then it was a different like story. Checking people. So when you talk about circumcision today, it doesn't carry the same stigma as it did at Christ's time or at the time of the New Testament in those first 500 years. So should we be? I think it has more to do with uh, who we are as people, mom and dad. Mom and dad make the decision, the child doesn't. And uh, what kind of future? Uh, Not only theologically and and philosophically, but uh, there's even some studies that would say it is uh, a health issue. Sure. And that's kind of what we're basing our decisions off of. Okay. It makes a difference if he becomes a wrestler, right? No. No. Okay. They've got singlets <laughs> on. Come on. Um, Boy, we got off track there. Didn't oh we? yeah, I'm talking about okay. penises. That's all right. Um, last question: Do aliens exist? Sure, in the Bible. What? What? There's aliens in the Bible. I'd have to go back and find the scripture that that came from a space. 
Is that what you're saying? That's what I, yeah. Okay. If you go in the King James, it shows it much more uh, fully than it does in the newer translations. So here I was yeah. thinking you're kind of square with your vanilla ice cream, well done steak talk, but now I'm liking this uh, aliens are out there kind of thing. Well, I think we limit our creative God. And God is a whole lot bigger than we make him out to be. And uh, I think there's created realms we haven't got a bit of idea about. I mean, think about it. Even even what we do know. We know there's angels, right? We yeah. know there's angels. And they could be in this room. There could be... Uh, but we, we talk about demons. Well, we know there are none in the church. We've taken care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we think of things that are actually in the Bible and we don't give them much room. Right. But the Bible never really... So you're saying the Bible does say... Is it like verbatim? We're going to have to bring that back next week okay. when I find that passage. Okay. All right, that sounds good. Next week, aliens. Aliens. And that'll be fun. Cool. All right, well, thanks, Don. Thank you, Alex.